Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Fembrane. Insane in the Fembrane. Greetings, one and all. I hope you're all well, as I always say, and I genuinely mean that. I hope you're doing. I hope you're doing fine. It's a. It's a again funny old time. You know things are shut down. You know politicians are going mad. It seems. Um, you know, old Trumpy, he's, uh, I don't know what he's doing, what's he doing? Well, who knows what he's been doing for the last God knows how long. Anyway, we won't get into that, that's up to that, I'm sure that'll all, that'll all figure itself out. Um, but I hope you're okay, I hope you're doing well. It's, uh, it's like we say, strange old time. But, uh, we're, we're doing this, and this, I have to say, this, and, uh, it's insane in the membrane and membrane, have really kept me going, I tell you what, talking to you lot, and seeing all your lovely messages and, and, and your five-star reviews and things like that have really kept us going. So thank you very much indeed. And I've got to say, well, I kept I kept mentioning, I don't know if you remember last week, I kept, or the week before, I kept going, oh, there's one-star review, one-star review. And uh, Jade had a look. There isn't one. So what the, what the fuck was I going on about? I don't know. I just, sometimes I just, I, you know what? Sometimes you, you get in your own way, don't you? You know, those insecurities, little voices chipping away. You're shit, you are, you're shit. Um, and sometimes they get the better of me. God, I've got to not let that happen. Get more sleep, get more exercise, eat more bananas. <laughs> Been doing that lately. I love a banana. Have a banana. Um, my guest on Insane in the Fembrane this week uh, is brilliant comedian and podcaster Susie Ruffle. Um, I first met Susie years ago. We, it must have been. It's about 10, maybe more than that now, 10, 12 years ago. Um, I was a resident MC at a gig in Streatham called The Waterfront, I believe. And I think I remember thinking that's weird because it wasn't near any water. Not that I, not that I knew of, anyway. Um, it was a lovely little gig. And I was there every month, uh, and it was—it's it, a shame it, it kind of it kind of fell away. But it was a lovely gig, and and Susie used to do the door and uh, and and help out and stuff, and uh, and yeah, and that, and she was like, I want to get into comedy. I was like, well, go and do it then. And you know what? She did, and now she smashes it, and it's good to see. I'm, I, it's real. I'm so proud of her. That's weird, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm not related to her, but when I see her success, I'm like, oh man, I remember. I remember when you were just on the door. You know, and you and you wanted to get into comedy. Now look at you, you're smashing it, and I, it's, I'm proud. I'm proud of her. It's like a it's like a dad kind of feeling. I have eternal pride, even though I'm not a dad. Anyway, well, where I'm going with that, I do not know. Uh, but she was she came on the show, and I've been trying to get her on for ages. It's, it's one of those things, you know. Like, oh, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, and then and then she did, and she smashed that as well. So it was a great, it's great to have her on. She's such a lovely woman. And again, like all the guests, they're all very open and honest and they really and they really get into it, and as we did. Um, so I hope you enjoy this one. I'm sure you will. If you enjoy all the others, I don't let you down. I bring you nothing but the best. So with that in mind, Susie Ruffle, coming up. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Great, it's all good. So, Rich is on the line now. Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. I forgot Good that you stuff. two know each other. Yeah, we worked together briefly when Tom and I were doing voiceovers at Channel 4. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. He's a good lad, old Paul. Uh, well, yeah. Thank you very much. If it wasn't for him, this shit wouldn't go out. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for coming on. You well? You good? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, mate. All good. Yeah, mate. It was good seeing you last week when we filmed yeah, your thing. Yeah, it was thing. really nice. It was really fun. Yeah. my dad. <laughs> it feels like obvious casting now. I'm like, why hasn't that happened before? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'm more than happy to be your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed it. I've good never fun. not done anything like that before, so. It was really fun. It was, man. Yeah. How are you finding it? Everything that's going on at the minute, it's all a bit fucked. It's all a bit fucked, but I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of all right. I'm sort of trying to stay pretty upbeat. Yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. This is it now, by the way. Started. Marvellous. We've started. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no There's no. fancy intro. That comes okay. That comes later. We just get, in, get into it, mate. Get right into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? So we're recording this on the first proper day of lockdown. Yeah. Um. I've done a gym class this morning on Zoom and been for a walk, so I'm trying to keep my mental health in check. Yeah. I think this time, Uh, it's almost like the last one, because none of us knew what we were doing and it kept going on and on and on. We weren't really sure. Yes. I think this time we were all like, right, okay, I know what happened last time, so this time I'm going to attack it. I know what I need to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel. Yeah, I went up a jean size. I was not happy. (laughs) That's not cool. I'm too short to be that fat. I got. A, do you know what I mean? It's not happening. So what are you going to do this time? I don't know. Get bigger jeans. <laughs> I just can't, cut out the. Uh, yeah. Just cut out the size. <laughs> yeah, I just. I'm already. I, I mean, I've already been cycling and stuff like that in between time. So I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting better. But I think. Do you get? Do you get your Lycra on? I've got some. Yes, I've got some shorts that have got a padded, uh, got a padded crutch ass. bit, padded ass, and because uh, I've, I stupidly tried to ride my bike. I've got this part-time job I'm doing, and I stupidly tried to ride my bike from West Ham to Leon C. Uh, one morning, which is 35 miles, <laughs> it took me right. four hours. <laughs> oh God, that's a lot. Without any uh, bumhole protection. How was your bum after that? Oh, mate, it was like I'd been trying to pick things up with it. It, <laughs> was, it wasn't great, mate. It wasn't great. I've got to be honest. <laughs> so anyone listening, don't do that, all right? Yes. Ease into this shit. Don't, you're not going to ride your bike around the world on the first day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'll back that for you. I saw you're living, where you're living, it used to be an old estate, which yeah. is now a new estate. Oh, wait a minute. You, well, yeah, I, I live in a place that used to be a big factory. Yeah, right. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, so it used to be a factory and then it was made into sort of apartments. Yeah, right. For want of a better word. Yeah. So we did that help to buy thing. Nice. To get on the property ladder. There you go. So we're in a new build. But it's yeah, it's nice. I like it. I live in a very sort of leafy area of South East London. Yeah, which is nice, isn't it? With, especially with this, if you're locked in. It's nice to have a bit of a nice view, isn't it? It's really good. And I live near loads of parks, which is brilliant. I didn't really realise, you know, 
You sort of, as you get older, you sort of start going, oh yeah, I want like loads of wide open space and I want to be around that and that'd be really good for me and that'd be great. And then like during lockdown, you're like, oh fucking hell, yeah, it is really useful to be near all of this wide open space. This is really great. Yeah. So I'll, me in the past was right. Yeah, absolutely. Well done past you. Brilliant. Yeah, I was really chuffed with her actually. Good on her. <laughs> we, yeah, where we where we live in Leon C, it's that, because it's right on the water's edge. So you've just got the, you've got the Thames. That's to look very at. nice. And it's just as it goes out to sea, so it's we're very lucky, very lucky. Yeah, that you keeps know. your how keeps your, your brain together. It certainly does, because I've been staying with uh, Paul Sweeney as a, mm-hmm. you know, Jade and I are working some things out, um, <laughs> and uh, there's no. View. I'm not laughing at the idea of you and Jade <laughs> working things out. What I'm laughing at is the fact that. I love how open you are about that. You're like, yeah, we're going to talk about it. And then Jade on social media being like, babe, people think we're going to break up. She said, You're like, <laughs> we were at a gig the other night and I did, I've got this bit about it. And she just, and she shouted out from the back of the room, stop fucking telling everybody we're on a break. <laughs> I'm like, we are on a break. She went, no, 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 it doesn't mean what you think it means. And she kept going. What do you think it means? Well, she's going like. Oh my god, is this Ross and Rachel? This feels this feels so familiar. <laughs> That's what she said. She goes, people, if you say we're on a break, they think we're on a break break from each other. Whereas you're just living somewhere else, and it's different. We're not not in a relationship. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I know that. And she went, yeah, but other people don't. And then and she's like, and if you keep telling people that, you're going to end up having sex with someone else. <laughs> Right, okay. When? People aren't queuing up for this, mate. I don't know. So I've, I've oh, stopped. I think, I think after all that chat about your arsehole, you might get some luck. <laughs> Someone might want to kiss it better. Oh, oh that's too much. That's, <laughs> that went that's too far. very too blue. Far. That's Sorry, very that, blue mate. early doors. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you know what? It's been so long, I don't mind. Someone come around and kiss my bum, I'll better. Um, that was out loud. I said that. Good times. Yeah, you did, mate. Yeah, you said that out loud. <laughs> how was you? How, you're in a relationship, aren't you? I am. Yeah. How's that going with all the lockdown gubbins? Are you two all right? Yeah. Yeah, we're really. We, I, I, I've really sort of enjoyed being able to spend all this extra time with her. You know, Alice has got a normal job, mm. um, and you know we spend a good amount of time together. But you know, my life is often uh, gigging mm. or on tour. And so we've had this extra time together, which has been amazing. And I also think it's sort of made me restructure how I want my life to look in the future. You know, I don't want to necessarily be gigging eight times a week anymore or seven times a week. You know, I think that after all of this, I think I will... Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love stand-up and I think I'll always be a stand-up. And I think no matter what happens in my career, I will always do stand-up. I love Mm. it. I really love the craft. I really love doing it. But um, I do think that I've become, I don't know, a bit more aware of like how much I like being at home, how yeah. much I like just Alice and I being together and not doing too much else, having, you know, full, I've never had really full weekends off. No. And I think I'll be having a lot more of that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I said that on Helen Rutter's, uh, Rob Rowdy's wife's uh, episode. Uh-huh. And I said the same thing. I said, it's like this, all this stuff happening suddenly made me realise like, Oh, yeah, I didn't have to leave early from that wedding. I probably yeah, could have right. stayed yeah, and not totally. been such a prick and, and put money and gigging first. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I was I, I had um, a person called Travis Alabanza on my podcast and they were saying that they'd never had like an inf- – they'd never had like a, a break before mm. in their work. They'd never – like having an enforced break was actually quite helpful because – uh, you know, being someone that's always trying to work, always trying to get onto the next thing, they had, yeah, they'd always sort of not really had those breaks that other people have. You know, I feel like a lot of other people in their careers, they'll have, a, you know, a holiday or a few weeks off or they'll get time off around Christmas, which we can do. Mm. But I think that there's this, I don't know, certainly when I started stand up, it felt like. There's loads of people that want to do it. You've got to be really, really good to go professional and make a living out of it. I think sometimes as a woman, you've got to be especially good to be able to play the clubs, mm. which I was very much a club act. Um, and, and, you know, and still am in many ways. I, you know, I'll do the clubs when they're back. Yeah. Um, and so I just knew that I had to be, I had to get really good and I had to work out how to do it right and work out how to be as funny as possible. And so I was sort of on a treadmill for about 10 years. 
And this enforced stop, I think, has been really useful to sort of recalibrate how I want my life to look Yeah. post-lockdown. Absolutely. I think I got to a point I was getting a bit jaded with it. Just that, just being out every night, just doing it, plugging away, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily chasing fame but gently like you just said like i was like i always know i need to be working on this all the time i need to improve mm-hmm. i need to be better um and then and then and taking things with grant as well i remember being i was i was in the i was in the alps i was in the french alps about uh sort of january time i oh, know it might have been before mm-hmm. that but I'm, I'm i'm in the alps and i'm and i'm sitting in the bar up the mountain i'm like fucking skiing i'm fed up with skiing <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i keep hurting myself i'm cold I'm like, I've got to lug this fucking equipment around. And then I suddenly, when all this stuff happened, I'm like, you fucking knob. Yeah, you, right. Uh, you know what? You, you Didn't really know lost. You were. Exactly. You lost track of yourself there, you wanker. <laughs> I think that, I, you know, I think that it's, it's good to sort of consider those things and mm. go, is that what I want my life to look like? And, and, you know, for some people it is, but I, you know, I think you know, having a healthy work-life balance. I think doing a job like this, you do sort of become all consumed by it to a degree. Mm. But it is important that you have other stuff. Also, as my agents always said to me, you need stuff to talk about. True, absolutely. <laughs> if all you're yeah. doing is gigging, you're going to have nothing to talk about. Absolutely, I say that all the time. And you, yeah, I mean, Doug Stanhope, I've mentioned this before, but he, he said, he says, your best stories are when you go out. You go to a bar and you're not talking to whoever. Mm-hmm. That's where you get material. Just sitting down on it with a blank piece of paper in front of you going, right, I'm going to write some stuff. What are you going to write about? You're going to write about yeah, the paper totally. that you're looking at. So, yeah, absolutely. Get out there and live a bit. And, well, yeah, you like you say, tell that. downtime. I mean, there's, that, you know, there's, there's uh, comics, you know, that do brilliant material, but a lot of their stuff will be, I was on this train or I was doing this. And you sort of go, you're, you are, you're constantly on the way to a gig. Yes, yes. And it's like, do something else, mate. Yeah. Go and do something else. Um, but you've got your own podcast. I do, yes. And that's what's that called? So I've got one, I've got I've got three podcasts. Oh, Can mate, you believe look it? At that. We're all busy. I know, chill out. <laughs> um, I've got one called Like Minded Friends, which is a conversation podcast with me and Tom Allen every week. Lovely. Uh, every two weeks at the moment. And then that's been going for about six years. And then I've got one called Out with Susie Ruffle, where I interview people about coming out. Okay. Not just really about that. It's just a conversation, but both people happen to be gay. Mm. And then I have a podcast about the future of tech with Dr. Hannah Fry. Yeah, right. Uh, which is a new thing that I've been working on sort of in lockdown about where sort of technology is taking us. It's frightening, I feel, some of it. Really? Yeah. I feel quite excited by it. I sort of went into it wondering if I'd feel a bit like that. But actually, a lot of the things that are happening are super positive. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, it's just sort of something else that I've got a bit of an interest in. So I thought, oh, why not? Yeah, right. Okay. I didn't know that about you. You're into your tech. I'm not a bit, yeah. Like, not, I'm not like the biggest tech head, but, you know, there was the opportunity to work with Hannah Fry, who I think is brilliant, who's Mm. like, if you don't know who she is, she's sort of um, go-to brain box on BBC. So she, she's on a range of things. But, you know, she's done, like, Have I Got News for you a bunch of times. And she's a doctor of maths. And sort of she did a TV show about uh, what would happen to the UK in a pandemic about two years ago. Yeah, right. Which, uh, which... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's sort of... Uh, and, they, you know, they're sort of having a conversation going, well, this might happen in our lifetimes. And then, boom, it happened a couple of years later. So... It was the opportunity to work with her as well, which was really cool. Yeah, very so, yeah. cool. So I do a couple of different things. I like the medium of podcasting. And, I mean, recently it's been something that we can actually do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for this, I'd have been fucked. Well, I think yeah. that, yeah, I think that if it wasn't for for mine too, I would have been, I felt such a sense of... Um, like purpose, getting something done, doing the research on people that were coming on the show or doing the research about the tech, mm. uh, learning stuff, learning stuff about people, having conversations with different people. You know, I felt it made my days sort of feel quite exciting again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just uh, And fi- I actually enjoy finding out about the people that are coming on. Even though I know you, I don't know you. And so looking into, st- I'm like, oh, I didn't, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 been quite education. And, and, oh and, God, and it, and what it do keeps- you know? How much do you know? <laughs> Bloody hell! Not just about you, but everybody. You know, it's it's that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I did this. I love I love doing this. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's I really. Do. Um, 
you know, also I love listening to podcasts. I'm quite a podcasty person. I've always right. got a couple on the go. And so, you know, there's go-to podcasts that I'll go to if I want to feel a certain thing mm. or learn a certain thing or sort of just go somewhere else. Yeah. And so that's... Um, so it kind of makes sense that I do it. Also, I'd love to do radio and yes. hopefully at one point I'll do some presenting. But, you know, that's that opportunity's not come up yet. So it's sort of, you know, kind of similar to stand-up. You, I've got some autonomy with it so I can just create something and put it out there and people can decide whether they listen to it or not. Yeah, that's it. It's like with this, we just put it out and we went, fingers crossed, hopefully yeah. someone will dig it. And people did. And it's been a, yeah, real, it's been a real buzz. Yeah, it's been great. But you're the one you've got, you've got the one uh, about... Uh, out yes now because this is the thing in it people I've, I've spoken to people about this about coming out mm-hmm. and uh, there's that some people say oh well, it's different now and and you know people it's almost like you don't have to come out now it's almost it's like it's easier now and blah blah but that's not the case for everybody oh no definitely not well i think you know it's um i think it's certainly there's some things that are easier now you know certainly mm. in this country it's easier you know homosexuality is only decriminalised in 69 I think so yeah. I can't think you know what it would have been like to live as a gay person prior to that um, but you know it's worth remembering that there's still 71 countries across the globe where it's illegal to be gay there's still 11 where it's punishable by death really you know so yeah 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 so it's not like you sort of come out and then go oh well this is fine you come out and then you go okay well my partner and I can't travel to that country mm. or if we've got if if you're a parent, if you're you know if you're a gay parent, well we couldn't take our child to Dubai. No. How would we explain that? No. Would it be worth it? You know how would we? What would we say that we're that one of us is the nanny? Like it just wouldn't be worth it to try and deal with that. Yeah. In somewhere that has these really sort of archaic and brutal opinions of homosexuality. Absolutely. I mean, it blows my mind that it's still it's still a thing. Yeah, totally. But yeah. I mean, all we've got to do is look at what's happening in America literally today and you can see, oh, yeah, people are still, lots of people are hateful. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. Lots of people are only really um, interested in putting themselves first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, but I yeah. think, yeah, I think about that a lot when it comes to sort of coming out. And I sort of did wonder, I thought, do, does, does the world need this podcast? Should I do this podcast? And then, I, you know, I asked a couple of sort of famousy people if they'd do it and they said, yeah. And then, you know, the response I got, Immediately, you know, from people all over the world, from people in countries where it's yet to be decriminalised, from people that are living in the UK, you know, saying, "Oh God, I found this really hard," or you know, mm. there's a, you know, there's a charity in the UK, uh, AKT, formerly known as the Albert Kennedy Trust, and they work specifically with young people who are kicked out by their families when they come out. Wow! And currently, their, you know, their referrals are like through the roof. So. Yes, for lots of people in sort of this nice liberal bubble, this nice liberal bubble. Yes. Um, it is much easier and, you know, people's parents have gay friends and it's yeah. absolutely fine and some people have no issue at all. But, yeah. you know, it's also worth remembering that, you know, it's not it's not that easy for others. No, especially like you say, people, where, it's, where it's still a criminal offence to be... Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... Imagine that's... living that life where you're, it's literally just down to your sexuality... Yeah, and you yeah, have to live in fear. Totally, yeah, 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 and like fear of being outed, fear of losing your job. You know, I think in America there's still some states where you can be fired if people find out you're gay. Wow. You know, it's that might be incorrect. So if anyone's like you're wrong, mm. like you don't need to tweet me. Um, <laughs> but there's certainly that was the case um, a few years ago. But yeah, just or whether that will come back in with, you know, whatever happens next. Yeah, well, that's it, and it? it's not. It's hopefully, hopefully, he'll be gone. But it's that. Yes. But it's like if he comes back, then what? Or, or but, but or just like you know, his appointment of Amy Coney Barrett, who's got you know really, really awful views about gay mm. people. So on the one hand, yeah, it is so much easier than it's ever been. I think to come out, and I think that loads of people have really wonderful coming out journeys, and their families are super supportive, and that's incredible. Yeah, but I think that. I think quite often people that say it's kind of okay to come out now are people that aren't gay. <laughs> every time. It's been every time. It's been a, yeah, straight white person. <laughs> yeah. And you sort of yeah. go, well, you know, and, 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 you know, it's often the same people that will say things like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, does racism really exist in this country? And you go, do you know what? We should probably speak to someone that's non white about this because I think they'd probably have 
a better understanding of this than yeah. you sort of making up something. <laughs> I know, and I still see that all uh, all always matter. I'm like, oh God, you're not. Oh, you know, that's Christ. not. Of course, they all matter, but that's not what it's saying. It's like that's you what we're can, talking about right now. Exactly. You can go to the shops unmolested. There's other yeah. people of colour that can't. Yeah. And that's the that's what we're talking about. You fucking idiot. Um, it's that. Did when your with your when you came out. Mm-hmm. I think you've told me this before, but I can't remember. But how was that? Was it? Did you ever? Did was it easy for you? Did um, you... it was. Yeah, like uh, I know. I think like I knew I was gay for quite a long time before I came out. Yeah. I was quite like scared of coming out. Um, it took me about seven years from realizing I was gay to actually doing it. Yeah, right. Um, and you know, I knew that my parents would love me, but I also knew that they would be worried about me. That. It meant that I had this different life from what they'd envisioned for me, that they thought that my life would be a lot harder. I knew it would make them really worry about whether I was going to have a happy life, whether I was going to get, you know, be attacked or something, be, you know, whether my life would just be harder in general. Um, But, you know, I think I would say that my mum and dad took, you know, my mum especially took a little while to sort of get her head around it, that I wasn't this person that she thought I was. Mm. Even though I was, you know, I was yeah. still me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, now we have an incredible relationship and she's enormously close to my partner, Alice. They love each other to bits and they're really, really close. And I, I said it in my, my most recent Edinburgh show, if I could go back and tell my sort of 14-year-old self that one day, you know, my mum would would say, oh, God, it's like I've got two daughters, I love it. That, yeah. You know, I would have exploded with joy if you had told 14-year-old me that, that what that's one day what my mum would say. But, you know, I think... I think it's important with these sorts of things to, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people's initial reaction to anything isn't ideal. Mm. And whilst in an ideal world, people's reaction would always be, well, let me listen, let me understand. But sometimes people's reactions aren't great. But I think allowing someone to grow, allowing someone to change their mind, allowing someone to, you know, do a bit of soul searching and do a bit of learning is is a positive thing. Yeah. And that's that's and, that's know. true across the board, isn't it? That uh, yeah, the, the, the people don't seem to think that there's any room for change. That there's all that, that, that old-fashioned thing of um, people don't change. Because yeah, they, they do if you allow if you if you yeah if if you allow them to. I think something that's got like lost from now, like lost from this world, is like there's absolutely nothing nothing wrong with saying. Do you know what I was wrong about that? Yeah, I was wrong about that. Like that's. Like, I think if we were all encouraged to say that a little bit more, yeah. we'd be living in a different place. We'd go, oh, do you know, I, I, I've never considered that. I was really wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than this, like, defensiveness. It's that fear of looking stupid, isn't it? And that's, yeah, yeah, but I'm just so comfortable with looking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done so much of that. Yeah. On stage, off stage. You know, I think it's okay to look stupid. I think there's nothing... Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with learning something as an adult and going, oh, I wish I'd learned this when I was 15, but I just didn't. So yeah. I'm learning it now. It's better than never learning it. Absolutely. That's true. Like I've said this before. Me admitting that I was a bit of a dickhead in the past was so liberating. Yeah, totally and right. Going, I'm going, oh, God, do you know what? My behaviour back then was fucking shit. Yeah. But I've learned that, that, I've learned that it was shit and I don't want to be that person anymore. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's and it's yeah, I, I and that's yeah. positive. It is, like yeah. no one could listen to that and go, "What a prick!" Or if they did, you'd be like, "Well, I don't want to hang out with you." No, no, no one. So you don't want to hang out with someone that's like, you know, been like, "Oh, I've done all my growing." You're like, "Well, you need to go back in the oven, mate." <laughs> you, you ain't. If you think you are, you ain't. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not done yet, mate. Yeah, give yeah. yourself another. Give yourself another half an hour, and we'll have a look then. <laughs> so when you were like you said, you like you. were the age you were when you started to realise you were gay. How did you feel? Did you feel, were you worried? Oh, I felt um, an enormous sense of shame. Right. An enormous sense of shame, a self-loathing, a sort of disgust in myself that I felt like that. Mm. Uh, Quite sort of strong emotions for a a young person to deal with, I now realise. And, you know, and I think that's sort of why I made the podcast, because, you know, I was in a loving home where I was very supported and I had lots and lots of love. I can't help but think what it would be like for people that didn't have all those things that I had. So, um, yeah, I was really, I really didn't want to be me, I guess is the easiest way to describe it. I really didn't want to be me. I would have taken anyone else. Um, 
Uh, if they had said to me, like, you can take a pill and you'll sort of wake up normal, even though I don't think that's the word. That's obviously not the word that I would use now. But as a teenager, that's the word that I would have used. I would have done it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know, it's who I am. And I tried to run away from it for a fair amount of time, but I couldn't. I couldn't run away from, you know, the, the person that I am. I couldn't run away from being being me and so I, I realized probably when I was about 14 but it took me until I was about 21 to actually deal with those feelings yeah and go oh god I'm gonna have to deal with this otherwise I think I might be sad forever it's it, I know people that have had horror stories about coming out mm-hmm. they've had you know they 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 didn't they didn't know how to and then they did and then they were just they were just ostracized and forced out by the family and yeah, I, find, I find it like we've seen it, I'll never understand because I never had to come out as straight I never had to come out you know I had to pretend to be gay when I worked in the gay sauna but that's different that was just, <laughs> that, was just me, that was just me trying to keep a job but you know I will never understand that that pressure that that having that that like you would like you were saying when you first when you first sort of realised that you were gay and that those feelings of self loathing. Yeah, well I think, you know, I'm hoping that there'll be a lot a lot less of that. I've got a cousin who's gay who's um a bit younger than me and he sort of came out when he was at school and, you know, massively doesn't give a shit. Like mm. got really badly picked on at school and uh I said to him, like, you know, does that upset you? And he was like no, because I know that like one day I'll be a fashion designer and they'll yeah they'll have some sad little life <laughs> and like I think that's amazing that a fifteen year old that's getting the piss ripped out of him constantly yeah. can be that strong, but you know and I think that you know with the you know I don't love social media to be honest no uh, you know I do it because it's part of the job for me really I think if it if I wasn't doing a job like this I don't think I'd be on it at all but. Um, I think the, one of the positive things about social media and about YouTube is that, you know, people can connect with people that are like them. Yes. Or you can look up to people that are like you and feel like you've got some common ground with someone. And that's just something that I didn't have because I didn't, I didn't really realise there was, you know, obviously by the time I was like 15, I was like, oh, okay, well, gay people exist, gay women exist, fine. You know, mm. Sue Perkins is on telly. I get it. But back then... Um, before before I was 15, so before I really had an understanding of, oh, okay, well, these kinds of people live in the world as well. Yeah, when I was 11, 12, feeling like an outsider, not, you know, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Yeah. I, you know, I just felt like I was just really different to everybody and I couldn't really work out why. Mm. Yeah. It was like when I was at school, there was a, uh, there was a couple of lads in our, you know, I went to an all boys school and there was a couple of lads mm-hmm. that were, that have, you know, since, you know, they've, they've come out as gay. But because they were a little bit more, for want of a better word, feminine than the rest of us, mm-hmm. they used to get the shit ripped out of them, like yeah, properly. And and you know, I did it a bit, and and it was. And I'm not proud of that. It, you just didn't know it was that. It, I, I suppose, like we've said this before, it was that if someone else is getting picked on, you're not getting picked on for a little while. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. It was because it was yeah. a, it was a fucking horrible. It was horrible when I was at school. Yeah, you know. So was I can't it, imagine. Did you what go to? Where did you go to school? I went to Ramsden School for Boys in Alpington. Right, okay, so Kent. Yes. And was it rough? Well, it didn't it didn't say it, I think it was. It wasn't rough rough. Like we weren't scum, but we weren't brilliant. It wasn't like I don't know anybody that came away from Ramsden School for Boys and went on to be the head of anything. You know, we didn't Right, okay. It was a function only school that you just went to and got through, you know, and then you went and got a job. Um, you didn't go on to uni or anything like no, that. No, uni was never mentioned. That was that never right. came up. Um, and sexuality wasn't really discussed. Mm-hmm. We never. I don't remember having conversations about um, sexuality, even though we were like the first generation to do sex education. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fact that there were other sex, you know, there was there were gay people and there were bisexual people. That we never talked about that. Well, I mean, that's only come into schools very recently. Really? That same sex, that people talk about that. Like, I mean, when I was at school, you know, I it certainly wasn't discussed. 
and I'm you know I'm a few years younger than you mm. but I'm not you know it's not like I'm I'm in my 30s yeah but you know it's not um I think it's still something that is I think you know in faith schools they can totally decide not to talk about that right yeah yeah even now which is mad yeah it is it's mad and this is where now I, well, although I've seen, um, is it the Pope's come out and now he's in, he's, yeah, and you're like, Good yeah, on the Pope. yeah, and you're like, yeah, all right, yeah, because you realised you were lo- you were losing a few quid, <laughs> by it. <laughs> but it needs to be these religions need to be more open to these things, you know. Well, Not, I think you know. the thing is that there's gay people in every religion. You know, yeah, some yeah, religions yeah. don't want to believe that, but there are yeah. gay people exist. There's yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah, you know, and. You know, you not talking about the fact that gay people exist isn't going to stop your son or daughter from being gay. That's the fear. People are like, I don't want my kids learning about this in case they become gay. Well, listen, I didn't know any lesbians. I didn't have any sex ed at school about lesbians. There was certainly no kind of, um, I don't know, recruitment process. Yeah. It was something that was, you know, it's something innate, innate inside of me yeah. that I, you know, I can't, I, I would never have been able to pretend wasn't there. Yeah. There needs to be more of a... There needs to... Especially, like, with everything that's going on at the minute with the the elections and, and the, the pandemic and everything, there, we seem to be losing empathy and understanding and mm-hmm. and giving a shit about each other. Yeah, that's a real concern, isn't it? I mm. think that's the thing that... it, it You know, it's, it's constantly us and them and how we fit... Like, you know, and I think... That that's not, I don't know, I think it's really sad that we're living in a time where a footballer has to help kids get fed. I know. Like, I mean, what an incredible man. But I mean, you know, what what a travesty that, the, that this country that we live in that is so rich. Yeah. You know, I, I know. appreciate we've lost a lot of money because of um, COVID, but, you know, the government has still managed to give out, giving out, you know, uh, deals with their friends to make PPE or whatever it is. You know, they're still managing to yeah. find all that money to do that yeah. after they fucked it up a number of times. <laughs> but the fact that they can't find the money to feed children... I know. You sort and of go, fuck. Like, what? what is this if we're a country that won't feed the the youngest and the most vulnerable among us? Yeah, exactly. And you're. I saw people arguing about it and you're like, this isn't about... The parents. It's not about no, whether that's... people are having kids because they can afford it or not. It's just about kids. There are kids that exist now that need a dinner. Yeah, and like, and what a sad state of affairs if we're going. Well, only these people can have children. What about, if, you know, those those children are just as valid. Okay, yeah. you know, and you know the circumstances change, and you know, you can't say to people, look, just because you because you live under the breadline because you're. Because you're experiencing poverty, that means you you aren't allowed to have the experience of being a mother. Like, what a terrible mm. thing to to suggest that we say to someone. Yeah. What is wrong? With, where where are people's humanity? Well, that, exactly. It's exactly that we're losing that humanity. That yeah, it's it's and it's a it's it's really it saddens me. And this is why I've started to stop stop looking at the news and things like that. And not because not because I don't give a fuck. It's because I give a fuck too much. Yeah, and I it's can't very do. Sad. Yeah, I can't do anything about it. I can't. I can do my bit. I can donate, or I can go and help out, dishing out food or whatever. But I can't change stuff. Yeah, and I really. But I think. You know, but don't you think that change happens from those small grassroots things? Yes, I do. I think that's that's been said before. Where if you take take, take care of what's around you, and then that will spread out, and then then other people will take care of the stuff around them, and those little circles connect. That's the you thing, know. I think that, you know, I've, I do a little bit of stuff around my local community mm. and it, you know, part of it is because I want to help people, but it makes me feel better that I feel like I'm doing something, which yeah. I don't know if that's a terrible thing to say because it makes it sound like I'm doing something in a selfish way, but it makes me feel less shit yeah. when I go to bed. It's like doing this podcast. I like I like hearing from people that have listened to an episode and gone, I really needed that. And that's why, yeah. you know, I, and that's why I do this. I love... I want to help. I want to do yeah, something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I imagine that's the same with you, with your podcast. You're, oh, you 100%. Know. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And that's what we do. Like you say, you've hit the nail on the head. Is that we? This is how we do our bit. Yep. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think reaching out and reminding people that we are, you know, that they're, we, that they're, 
you know, that we should unite together, that we should, yeah. you know, forget political leanings, forget, you know, about where you went to school or who you are or who your parents are and just go, do you know what, we're all on the planet at the same time. We're all experiencing this thing. Who, you know, who cares about where you come from or who you pray to or what you look like. We're all human beings. Let's yeah. look out for one another. Absolutely. That's what. That's the thing, being lucky enough to have travelled around the world because of comedy mm-hmm. and you get to go to different places. But when you look, fundamentally, everyone's the same. Everyone's yep. pretty much the same. D- different language, you know, different culture, but it's all, it, the fundamentals are the same. Yeah. And that's that blows my mind. And you go, and you go, yeah, there is a, there is a, there is. We are, we do have more in common than than you realise. Yeah. There doesn't need to be such division, and even more so now with the world being the way it is, we should be coming together. You know, there shouldn't totally. be, there shouldn't be families flinging themselves across the channel to try and get to no way. a better life. Yeah, to get to safety. Yeah, and yet here we are. Or to find hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I'm always stunned by people's reaction to you know, people going to get a better life somewhere else, which is something that people, you know, ancestors have done for generations and generations, and it's basically yeah. how America became came to be. Yeah, yeah, people exactly. going somewhere else for a better life, yeah. for a new life, for a promise of something better, of a promise of something more exciting. And then, you know, all of a sudden people have such trouble believing that that's a, that, that exists. Yeah, because... The, so, no, this has yeah. happened forever. This has happened for a millennium. Yeah, and because the press... The, the press... Um, they turn them into villains, don't they? They, they, oh, yeah. They, oh, they're coming over here and they're going to take your job. You go, they are not. Do, look at them. They have, they are, they are crossing. They are crossing dangerous waters to get here. They're not crossing dangerous waters to come and nick your job in McDonald's, mate. No. They want to no, get. And a, I mean, and the thing is, as well, is that they're, you know, it's. It's massive corporations that aren't paying tax. Yeah. It's massive corporations that are, you know, having, you know, that are destroying the NHS by not paying their taxes or, you know, fears of the NHS being sold off. You know, it's not the fact that people that mother tongue is different to mine or yours it's are using the same NHS service as us. I remember talking about this on stage once because it annoyed me so, because, you know, someone in my in my dad's pub, uh, that my dad doesn't own a pub, but the pub that my dad drinks in was sort of like, you know, trouble is you go to the NHS and like, you know, that, that that's what's wrong with it because so many people come over here and they use our health service for free. Yeah. And I did some research into it and I, and I was, you know, because I wanted to talk about this on stage. So I think it's a really... Uh, I don't know. I think it's something that certainly needs to be addressed. And and as someone who is, you know, from a working class background, I kind of see myself as middle class now. I'm not sure if I can still be. I don't know if you're born into a working class heritage. My mum and dad have done all right now. I'm doing Mm. all right now. You know, am I still working class? I don't know. But I think a lot of those opinions are held by people that that I grew up alongside or that my mum and dad know or who might drink in the same pubs in Portsmouth as my family's or might, you know, share stupid stuff on Facebook. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I wanted to talk about this and I, you know, I did some research into it and I was like, oh, yeah, more people work in the NHS that are from overseas than are treated by the NHS. Yeah, right. And you, but, but no one's interested in that. No. Because it's not an easy soundbite. It's not a get out of jail free card for you saying something pig headed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. They just want to be, they just want to say shitty things. They want to believe the, the shitty stuff. And really, if they looked into it like you have, I mean, literally, you would it would have been a, a page or two of a Google search. Oh, I mean, it's so easy. Yeah, and the, and all the information is there right in front of you. Yet they they genuinely believe that people come over, sneak over here, and then they go straight to the hospital, go right, fix me teeth or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, like that. do you have any idea how difficult it is to get a fucking uh, oh, a, get get in there? Anyway? Or like you know, <laughs> get in a council flat. Yeah. That would always be the thing. When I was a kid, people would say, like, oh, you know, it's really easy for immigrants to get council flats. And you go, no, it's fucking it's not. not. Not at all. Not at it's all. It's easy for anyone to get a council <laughs> flat. It should be easier for everyone. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think immigrants should have council flats. What if someone's just going, yeah, let's help them out until they're on their feet? Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't we help people? Why do you think yeah. they're taking something away from you? But that's the thing, I think that's the thing, and it's sort of similar when we talk about sort of gay rights, and certainly when it came to stuff like gay marriage, yeah. is that people feel like that 
equality is somehow taking something from them. Yes. When it's not. But I think that if you've been used to a life of extreme privilege, then, yeah, it might feel a bit different. But that's for the better. Yeah. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Get uncomfortable. Yeah. Get uncomfortable. Look at the privilege you've had. That's the thing that I sort of really, you know, that I've really been doing, not just in lockdown, and it's not just since the murder of George Floyd, but certainly since the, the Black Lives Matters movement started, you know, I think it's kind of good to get uncomfortable and go, oh, yeah, I live with a fair amount of privilege and I need to work on how, you know, not being not racist isn't enough. It's about being anti-racist. It's about amplifying voices that need to be heard. It's about me sometimes shutting my mouth as a cisgendered white woman. Yeah. You know, I think it's on us to to, to have these discussions. Yes. It's, you know, it's not on, you know, non-white people... To fix racism, yeah, it's our, our, uh, it's our problem. Absolutely, it's our problem, and there is you do have to we, until it gets flagged up. Like you said, you don't realise. You don't. I didn't like when it, when the, when the word privilege was first getting chucked around, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I was doing the same as everybody else. I'm like, well, I'm skin. How am I privileged? How's that? Yeah. You know, and it's not till later on you go like, you know, it's like we said earlier, it's like no, you can go jogging in any any area you like. Yeah, and you won't. Yep. You'll be unmolested. Yeah, there's yep. other people that can't even go and buy a pint of milk without the fear that they might not come home, which is insane, absolutely insane. And you're right; it is, it is up to us to make a difference and and to and to make those changes and to educate yep. ourselves and other people and our relatives you know? and, and our, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The amount of conversations I've had, heated conversations again with the All Lives Matter knobheads. You know? Yeah. And it's like, you're not listening. You're not fucking listening because you're a racist asshole. Yeah. And that, I, I genuinely did get to a point where I was like, oh, racism. It's not like it used to be. It seems to have died off a bit. But yeah. But I think, you know, and, you know, I, I'm very aware that we're two white people talking about racism and we don't, n neither of us have a lived experience of it. But, mm. you know, I think it's about things being more insidious than calling someone a name. It's about things being, you know, about things being. You know, discussions happening about, you know, the, the world being a bit fairer. God, and I guess I, about privilege, yeah. Yeah. The biases that exist. Well, it's that, it's systemic racism that comes up mm -hmm. a lot, which I didn't really have a, an understanding of, really. But there's a guy, I've mentioned him before, a guy called Cody Johnston, and he does a show on YouTube called uh, Some More News. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he does it in a, in, a, in a comedy way, but the things he's saying, like he was saying, he goes like, he goes like, oh, people have been saying that systemic racism doesn't exist. Here's some examples of why it does still exist. And and he went right back to where where white people got their wealth from. Yeah, totally. And you're going, and I'm watching, I'm like, fucking hell, I had no yeah. idea. Black people yeah. have never been given a chance. They were enslaved for 250 years. And then when they, it's all very well going, yeah, but then they abolished slavery. But they didn't give them any option. They didn't give them, Ooh. they didn't go, right, a there's new your... life. They didn't give them a new life. They just went, off you go, good luck. And it's and it's and it's all that that I didn't realise. I had no idea. But that's the thing. That's why I think that you know we as white people we got to make sure that we're doing the work. We've got to make sure that we're reading the right stuff. We've got to make sure that you know conversations exist after this point. You know, yeah. people don't go, oh well, I read that one book, and I, and I, you know, it's about yeah. being part of, you know, continuing to listen, continue to to be to showing up and learning stuff and. And, you know, taking it upon ourselves to learn stuff, not just waiting for someone to tell us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important as well. Yeah. And it's that and, and being able to turn around and go, yeah, actually, I did benefit from that. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did benefit from that and I did, and I never realised that and I never, and I've never thought about that and I should have thought about that. Yeah. But like you say, unless you, you don't realise that you should know about it. You just don't. You kind of just live in your life and you're trying to do your thing. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of, you know. Also, you know, if you're someone that's not born into wealth, you know, your, your struggle is different and your struggle is probably easier. But, you know, sometimes you don't have time to look around you or you haven't made time to look around you and really take things in. You're just kind of getting on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something that I'm sort of doing in myself now. And it's something that I think, you know, I feel like the world's on pause a bit at the minute. You know, don't get me wrong. We need to get through an election and other stuff. But, you know, wouldn't it be great if we come out of this period of... COVID, of a worldwide pandemic, of a moment when everyone is staying indoors and we go, 
you know, the, the, the history books say, and after that there was a real shift in how the world, in, in compassion. Yeah. You know, wouldn't that be such a great thing if that's what the history books say about this moment? And it wasn't. There continue to be divisive people. There continue to be lying politicians. There continue to be it being left to footballers to make sure kids are fed. Yeah. I don't know if we've solved anything over the hour. Not Rich. really. <laughs> no, we haven't solved anything. But, but... it's. I think it's the, the 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 key point is talking. Yeah. But this is why this podcast exists because I want people to lo- to know that they're probably doing the same as us. They're looking at the news. They're talking to friends, but no one has any answers. Yeah. I think, yeah. Because you know? the people that are running things, the people that that got elected in, don't know what the fuck they're doing either. No, that's true. <laughs> you're like, how the, if we don't know, how the fuck, if they don't know, how the fuck are we supposed to know? <laughs> Do you know what? This has been amazing, Susie. Thanks for coming on. A pleasure. It's been lovely. We you know what? doesn't matter we haven't got any answers. At least we're talking about it. That's the difference, I think. Absolutely. Um, where can we find you, Susie? I'm all over Twitter and Instagram and I'm on Facebook and my podcasts are on all the podcast things. Uh, it's just Susie Ruffle or Susie Love. Ruffle Comedy if you're on Insta. Susie Ruffle Comedy on Insta. That's brilliant. Susie, thank you so much. It's been lovely. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Rich. Take care, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.